0: Hello and welcome to episode 103 of the Pen Addict podcast on 5x5. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as I always am, by Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: How are you, Mike? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good, good. You you don't play, do you? I I don't think listeners understand how, how professional uh mike hurley is like we've been we've been chatting on skype just catching up you know doing some things we need to do and you know for about five or ten minutes and mike goes all right mate you ready i said yeah i'm ready
0: hello and welcome to the (laughs) (laughs) hey man you just you just turn that stuff on you're just ready to go you know.
1: yeah i'd be like okay let me gather myself let me collect my thoughts and man you're you're a pro i love it
0: i just switch it on
1: you know it's (laughs) game time Yep, yep, it's on, it's on. Well, good, I'm doing good. Um, I got some of the, well, not some of the, all of the winners from last week's episode 102, where we gave away all the episode 100 prizes. Yep. Um, everyone was, all the winners were real excited. They got in touch super fast. I didn't have to hunt anyone down, which I'm always happy about. Um, just shows me that they were uh, they were listening properly, and um, I think within two days, Everyone had gotten in touch, gotten everyone's uh shipping information, and I got Excellent. everyone shipped out yesterday. It was fun packing those boxes. Oh, I let bet. Me tell you. Yeah, I bet. We haven't had, had people a tweet smile us. On my face.
0: Yeah, we had people tweet us that night. If I remember. Yeah. Like a few yeah, hours. So
1: like so like seven Eastern and is about when that one went live. And I think within an hour, I think maybe the first one had had said something and then i think we had three of them that night three out of the five that night and the next two like within the next day
0: people were ready they wanted to know if they had won
1: i know i know they were anxious which i, I would be too that was some uh, some cool stuff so i had fun uh packing up all those boxes and it was um it, it was neat Kits, I guess that you'd say that we had uh, put together. So I'm I'm excited to be able to do that again one of these days. So and I think we will. I think that's a, a good idea to uh, do that on a regular basis. It's uh, very cool.
0: So fun fun things maybe do every year. I think.
1: Yep. Yep. Um. Uh, one thing I try to do more than at least once a year is uh, update my top five pens list, and it's been on the radar for a couple months now, and I finally got it mostly done um, so a bunch of people have been emailing me asking when my next update's going to be and uh, I'm hoping to post it Wednesday if not Wednesday, Friday so it'll definitely be this week um, but I just wanted to mention that to see if anyone had any th- top fives that I don't currently have listed um, any additions like the last time I added fountain pen inks And this time, someone wanted me, a few people wanted me to make a specific blue-black fountain pen ink since that's the ink color I use most. So I'm adding in a top five blue-black inks list, and I'm adding in a top five multi-pens list. For some reason, I didn't have that on there, and I've had several people ask me for that. So if anyone um, has any ideas or things they want to see on the top five list that I don't already do, let me know. Um, But let me know soon because I'm working on it, and I'm going to publish it this week for sure. And um
0: What about a sort of non writing pen pens? So like highlighters uh markers, brush pens. That's a
1: good, that's a good idea. So like you non like
0: not, not gel ink, not rollerball, not ballpoint, not fountain pen, that mm-hmm. type of idea. I don't think you could have a list for all of the things, but maybe right. just like a these are some pens that I really like that are none of the above.
1: Yep. Yeah. Cuz I would like, I like to that. see that, you know. I like that because I do have a favorite highlighter and I do have a couple of favorite brush type pens, so yeah, that aren't that aren't um listed anywhere on that page. That's a good idea. Cool. So let's say something like a non-standard pens or something I like a we'll non, out.
0: maybe non-writing? I don't know, like not yeah. I don't know what you'd call it because I guess all pens yeah. are writing, but, you know. Yeah, like I couldn't
1: have a full top five highlighter list or full top five brush pen list. Yeah,
0: I don't think um, anybody would, would necessarily need that anyway.
1: Nope, I know, right? <laughs> brush pens I could see, um, but I'm not an artist, and, you know, I use them to write with, so I like the ones that are that are very specific, leaned more towards writing, but um, you could, someone could, some artist could definitely have a top five brush pens, but uh, not no, no. me. <laughs> Anything else you can think of? I think I've got it... Um, pretty well on lockdown there's um i'm going to assume you're not
0: ready for pencils
1: no i thought about it this time but not yet i think i right now i think i have like a top two right so um even though i've I've reviewed a couple more than that there's two that i'm very confident in that i like better than anything else but i need to give um i have a handful more i'm going to review um before i do that so I, i will work on that maybe for the next update but um i think that's that's definitely on the radar um so I, I don't I don't want to give too much away tomorrow, but I or for when I whenever I post it. But I think there's not huge changes, but there's some good changes. And when I it, it's been like six months since I've updated, and I usually like to update it about every three. So there's actually quite a bit of change in this one. So we'll see. So if anyone else has any uh suggestions, ideas. Mm-hmm. For that, get in touch, and now we'll see what
0: I can do. Whenever you do this, this is one of those things where I I both want to and do not want to read. (laughs) Because I know that if you've got updates to the top five, then Mm -hmm. there's potentially going to be something expensive happening in my future.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the let's yell at Brad list update. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, (laughs) a lot of lists. Basically, a lot of the stuff you write is yell-worthy. In a good yeah. way,
1: yep, yep. But I, I've been happy though w- doing this top five since I've had like the top, just like the top overall pins, like across all categories. People will go out and buy like all five of them, or something, because or at least four out of the five, because one of them is a fountain pen, the Twisby Five Eighty. But the other four probably would cost you about ten or twelve dollars total. So people have been going out and buying all those and going. You know, I tell them, you know, thank you very much. This is great. I didn't realize, you know, there are things like this out there. I see why these pins are good, better than what I was using. So that makes me feel good. I'm at least able to help out a little bit like that for uh, people that are trying to discover some new new writing instruments. We've got uh, a loaded up episode here today. I are mean, doing it a little bit different than our normal format. Um, so let's go ahead and, and talk about the pin blog of the week. And then we're going to get into listener tweets which I, I put a call out last night, I think it was yesterday afternoon, because we just recorded last Thursday. And between last Thursday and today, I've worked like constantly. I haven't had time to put together necessarily. Uh, segments for an episode, so when I I, I like to hear from uh, the listeners and what they want to hear us talk about, and it, it jars my memory on some other topics that I've forgotten about, and um, just to have answer some uh, very specific questions that people have. So we're gonna we're gonna do that today. But real quick, the pen blog of the week is chronicas estilio How did I do? I think that was average. Sounded
0: pretty good to me.
1: So this is a, a website, if you're a reader of my blog, which I'm assuming you are, and a fan of my ink links, that you will see Mr. Bruno Taut's uh, Estilo Esteliograficos blog all throughout my blog. This is one of my favorite pen blogs ever because he focuses a lot on the Japanese pen market, um, a lot of the new pens, but a lot of the old pens where I've been able to learn about the history of some of the favorite pens that I like. Um, He's doing a whole series on the Pilot Vanishing Point and its origins. Um, He's always talking about um, Sailor and Platinum, how some of their um, pen models came to be. So it's not necessarily a review site, but it's more of a historical look at a lot of these pens, how their design came to be, how their... um, how they did in the market, you know, why they're not on the market anymore. He's got some really rare and unique items on here and if for some reason you've missed out on this blog, it it's a must add. This is um one of my singular favorite blogs to read whenever uh, Bruno makes a new post, it's usually the first one I go to because it really it really speaks to me in the things that I like. So it's uh, it's always a good learning experience, and I reference it a lot. He's had some good uh, reference posts that I've referred other people to um, to try to um, you know get answers about I don't know nib you know vanishing point nib units or some strange things like that, but. It's very good. He's been very helpful over the years answering questions for me. So y'all should definitely check it out. Good stuff. Good pick. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, All right, you want to dive into it?
0: Yes. Now this is one of those things. Like these days, it used to be like when I'd see you say, "Oh, you know, we've got we want to do an episode on with your questions or whatever." Mm -hmm. I used to retweet the Mm person, but I don't do that anymore because is that you get so many responses, it's kind of not worth it.
1: Yeah, so I've got like, what, four pages? Four <laughs> yeah. pages of tweets in here? Like so I, I kind
0: of looked at the tweet, and I was like, I wonder how many, and I saw like the number. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do this. But I can collect these, because otherwise I'll just be doing it all day.
1: <laughs> yep. yep. So what I wanted to do is, I, I copied pretty much everything that I saw, and if I miss you, I apologize. It was uh, not on purpose. I might have just overlooked it. But there's some that I, that are definitely worth answering and having a discussion about there's some of these that are really good that i want to elaborate that i might push off into like a bigger topic in a future episode if that makes sense um there were a couple of that grabbed me that is like you know i want to expand on that more than you know the minute or two that I'm i'm talking about most of these but um let's get in it into it um the first one and I don't have a lot of experience with this, so I'm actually calling on the on the listeners for this. Uh, it's, it's from Mina. She says, hi, can you recommend any pins for someone who has arthritis in their hands? Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I, since I don't have a lot of experience with this, the only thing I can think of that's really made, which, what you're looking for in an ergonomic style pen is a wider barrel and a softer grip. Now... Not having arthritis, I can't really speak to how that actually works in reality. But the theory is that you'll have the wider grip for, so it's more comfortable, and a softer grip, so it's more comfortable to help alleviate some of that pain. So something like the Pilot Doctor Grip is a good um, is a good pen to look at. Also, any of the Uni Ball Alpha Gel Grip Pens—they're a large barrel with an extra soft grip. Um, and those are something that I would look at. So if anyone has any more specifics around this topic, um, shoot me an email or a tweet, and I will forward it on to Mina to, to see, to give some other ideas. But those are, are my suggestions right out the gate. So,
0: quick point. I'm yep. on Colt Pens right now. It says, Dr. Grip has been discontinued.
1: The whole line?
0: It says, the Dr. Grip range has now been discontinued. That's what it says. Wow. Colt Pens. <laughs> Although they have some in stock. Oh, no, no, they discontinued. continued. Uh, but they have uh, put together an Ergonomic Pens page. Mm-hmm. Could be useful. I'll put that in the show notes.
1: Yep, and JetPens has an Ergonomic Pens page, too. I'll put that in there,
0: too. They're, the show notes for this episode are at 5x5.tv five five slash penaddict slash 103.
1: Good call, good so, call.
0: Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's... um. You can still find surprising. them because,
0: like, I, when I Googled... I also found uh, an Amazon link, so you can still buy them. But I don't yeah. think that I would probably guess that suppliers can't order them in anymore. So
1: yeah, I'm going to have to check into that because that's kind of uh, that's kind of surprising. That that's kind of a historically popular line for them. But um, I don't know. Maybe they'll uh, pivot into the Acroball Doctor Grip or something and and do something with them. Uh, with the better refill because it's a standard ballpoint refill and actually those Dr. Grip refills the ones that I've reviewed have been excellent um, so yeah that kind of surprises me so yeah color, color me shocked alright J. Robert Lennon do you follow J. Robert Lennon Mike on Twitter you um, should let me see I'm not sure, he's sure a good, if I do he's a good dude he's, he's hilarious and he's got some smart stuff to say all the time he wants to know will Notco someday make pins I'm not gonna say no
0: I think it's inevitable like at some point. <laughs> like at some point you'll make a pen, but it's a totally different thing. Like it's not Jeffrey's area of expertise. It's right. not yours. So
1: it's come up in conversation, put it that way. It's not imminent by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's on the one of these days this would be nice list. So it's it's on the radar but nowhere near imminent. And um Maybe it, it, maybe the
0: range while. maybe Colt pens have just discontinued it from there. Catalog. That's
1: possible. That's possible. Sorry, I didn't mean to for you to get wrapped up in the, the no, Doctor Grip. Sorry, I was, sorry, <laughs> I was <laughs> just thinking about it then. It's not it's not Doctor Who cancellation. You can settle down. All right. Uh Stuart, Stuart from Informable Scribble. He says, A question I would like you both to discuss. What fountain pen would you recommend for somebody that is turning thirty one next month? Um, I have it on good record that he's he's uh talking about himself, (laughs) because we've actually talked about this on Twitter, he's looking at something like the Pilot Falcon, and what else did he say? It's the Pilot Mickey Falcon, uh, Edison Beaumont, maybe? Um, I can't remember, but uh, anyway, he was wanting, um, wanting to change it up a little bit and get something cool for his upcoming birthday. And I have a lot of questions like that. What do you give for a birthday? What do you give for a gift? And um, that's a, it's a really hard answer. Um, for him, I recommended, and he actually, it wasn't a Beaumont. It was one of the Franklin Christoph pens. I kind of recommended maybe the Franklin Kristoff because I think he might like one of the, the Masuyama-type nibs maybe more so than the Flex nib of the Falcon. But um, the Falcon's a pretty awesome pin, too, so I'm, I'm not really going to help you out a lot here, Stuart, other than saying those are two good choices, and you're not going to go wrong with either one, um, depending what, what on what you want to do with the pins.
0: So what was the Falcon?
1: Uh, the Pilot uh, Falcon. It's a flex nib. It's a gold flex nib pin, which nice. it's excellent. It's definitely one of my favorites. It's one of the best writing pins I have, and it's got a flexible nib.
0: My sort of feeling about those birthday, especially landmark birthday presents, is go for the expensive executive pen. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about that, because I think that's what people expect and want in that scenario.
1: Mm-hmm. So he, he, I found this tweet, and he's actually looking for something to get out of the fine nib rut. So he's looking for either a flex nib pen or something like a stub or italic nib, and looking at those type of brands that carry those... Um, so, yeah, the, the Pilot Falcon and the, any of the Franklin Kristoffs, because um, they're all swappable into um, those really good um, Mike Masayama nibs that I've, I'm enjoying thoroughly. Okay. Stuart also asks, and this, this, might, this is one of the topics that came up repeatedly that I think I want to make into a, a, its own segment. He says another topic would be what are both your daily carries and have you been able to reduce your daily carry down? So I want to table that discussion. Because what I would like to do with you, Mike, if you're game one day, is have like a bag dump episode. Sure, and not just talk about pens, but just talk about you know the other things that we just carry. <laughs> um, I think people would be interested in that. It's
0: clear out a month.
1: Yeah, I know, right? So in in the reduction topic comes up a lot, and we'll we'll talk about that a little more down the line here. Um, but I think that's that's an entire segment that I want to plan for and uh, get you and I, I think, uh, doing a, a bag dump episode would be pretty good, and we can cover, you know, the challenges we have, because I, I have challenges with that all the time. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll table that one, Stuart, and we'll circle back around. I've already made a note on it that I wanted to do that, so. Joe Lebo, Roar and King Klingner, Salix or Scabiosa, which to first ink up my new 580 with? Scabiosa for sure. I love that purple. It's one of my favorite inks. Um, it's definitely on my top five inks list. I think I have it at like number two or three. It's that good. I love Salix, um, but I have lots of blue black inks, and Salix, Salix is close to like being a top five ink, but not quite there for me. Scabiosa is like a top two or three overall ink for me, and uh, I highly recommend that to anybody. And don't be worried. People sometimes worry about the iron gall properties. Th- these Roran Klingner inks are so well behaved and clean out so easy. I've used them in so many different pens and never had one hint of an issue. So, Joe also asked, what's the best way to clean the inside top portion of a vanishing point near the trap door part? That's a hard little place to get into. I've just um, soaked mine in water for a little bit and then folded up a paper towel like into like a very fine little area and just kinda jammed it in there. I've never taken it all the way apart or, or gotten way down in there. I don't have get too much ink trapped in there, but I, I don't know the absolute best way, but that's how I do it. Um and just kinda going through the front end of the of the nose and um just kinda get it cleaned out in there.
0: What about hmm this probably wouldn't work actually. I was thinking maybe if you used water and then one of those um you know, you get like, uh, I, don't think, I can't think of what to call it, like air in a can. <laughs> oh,
1: like, yeah. Well, you know what might work is the uh, the nasal aspirators that actually use the clean nibs. Yeah. That actually might work. That'll force air through there. Basically, um, you want to get air at,
0: at high speed, I think, would be a good way. Because wear paper towels would be good, and I agree with them. Mm-hmm. I worry about getting a piece jammed in there.
1: Yep. Yep. So um, yeah, I think aspirator one. is a good call because it can come from the from the um, nib end and it can come from the barrel end. So you can um, you can get it both ways, Mike. You can get it on both ends. Oh, Brad it's, <laughs> it's a pen podcast, man. Pen we got to talk about things. <laughs> Mr. Chase McCoy, he had a he had a boatload of questions and they were all good. So I'll put them all in here. What are your thoughts on the Midori Traveler's Notebook? Now, do you own a system like this at all, Mike? No. I do not either, but I love the idea of it. I always love seeing people's pictures of them and think it's a really good format. I like that you can have the, you know, you have the one cover and usually two to three separate notebook inserts. I mean, I guess it could range from one to however many you can fit in there, but most common is three. Um, I've just never n- had a use for that type of system, but I think the idea is awesome, and I would recommend it to anyone um, that that wanted a system like that. They get um, a lot of great, great reviews. I've never heard anyone say, oh, I just hate my Midori Traveler's Notebook. Um, they're really good. It's just not... A functional item for me, the way I work, but I think it's an awesome item in just the the design and uh, functionality of it.
0: So, is the idea being that it you can put two notebooks in and you can have pockets?
1: Um, it doesn't really it's it doesn't have a lot of pockets. Like, it's a it's just wrapped with a rubber band type of uh, enclosure on the outside, and it's just a flat piece of leather. So there's no pockets on the leather side. If there's pockets on the, I think there people have, you know, there's all kinds of hacks and there's all kinds of inserts you can buy for it. So there's probably some some pockets um, that are able to add in there. And uh, well, Alaska uh, Toffer, I think he's getting ready to travel, and I think he's a Midori guy. I think he like carries his passport in there, so people like really can kind of pimp these out for their needs. Um,
0: Guess where I had my passport when I went away last weekend? Where? In my Rotavar and Taschenberg letter.
1: Yeah, I knew that was going to be the answer. I like it. That's good. Things become Multi- more
0: and more useful for me all the time.
1: That's great. So, that is very cool. There you go. So uh, Chase also asked the 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 popular question, what are good pens to give as graduation gifts? This is a really tough question because I just don't – I get this one in the in my email inbox at least once a week for um, that this type of gift just from um, – you know, someone who really doesn't have any any experience with it, and I tend to just go kind of like what you were saying with the classically styled pens. But I I, I recommend, um, like the Lamy Two Thousand rollerball and ballpoint a lot for someone who's not wanting a, a fountain pen. Yeah, I it's think
0: a- it's dangerous for us to always say fountain pens, fountain pens in these scenarios. It's probably most of the time a bad idea to go fountain pen.
1: Yep, I almost never say fountain pen unless someone specifically says they want a fountain pen. Otherwise, yeah. I usually say rollerball and I usually say something like the Lamy because I know it's it's pretty much a timeless design. And it's actually a pretty good value when you're starting to shop for these type of things where people are comparing them to like a uh, Mountain Blanc rollerballs that might be two or three hundred dollars. The Lamy rollerball, I think's around a hundred dollars, maybe a little less, something like that. Um, and it's just a style, it 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 looks cool. It feels cool, and it's never going to go out of style. So that's that's one I actually tend to recommend a lot for people who don't have a lot of experience and are wanting something interesting to give um, give as a gift. Then Chase Chase asks a third question. Then this is going to be this is a it's good greedy. question. What are your top five most exciting pens?
0: Ooh.
1: Not the best ones necessarily, but the ones you feel everyone should have. So that kind of, that's a hard question because I don't think those two things jive. My top five exciting pins are not the ones that I feel everyone should have. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: No, I agree with that 100%. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like my like my top five most exciting pins would probably start with like my Edison Menlo, which is a pump filler, um, which was made specifically for me. You know, yep. that's exciting for me. My Franklin Christoph pocket pin, that's the eyedropper. That's a very exciting pen for me because it's cool looking. Um, it's interesting. People always ask questions about it. Um, it's got a killer nib, but should everyone have that pen? Probably not. You know, there's – there's, it, it's not quite uh, that thing. If I could name a pen that everyone should have. Can you name a pen that every – okay, Mike, everyone in the world gets a pen. What are, what are we giving them?
0: Retro 51. I'm obviously partly kidding.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was pretty serious. I thought it was a valid answer. Well That's yeah. A tough
0: I think though that you probably would be better off giving people like a like I don't know, one of the moleskin pens or a sharpie pen. Like not the found that the felt not the tip. Yeah. yeah, not the permanent marker. Yeah. Cause they're, they're so better all around pens. I think everybody could appreciate one of those or maybe something like a pilot G two or something like that, like yes. a solid pen that everyone's going to be able to appreciate.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what's a good one is the, that I actually recommend a lot in uh, email is the Pentel inner gel. Um, cause I'm not a necessarily a huge fan of the G two and the inner gel always surprises people on how good of a pen it is. So, you know, that's one that every, a pen that everyone could own. Um, but it's i don't think that's. those pins are not exciting at, in the least they're just high quality workhorse type pens um so actually i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note here and and think about this question a little bit more see if i can come up with like a top 5 most exciting pens that um are reasonable for everyone to have what do you think about that
0: that sounds like a great idea like i
1: think like i think you know i think probably like a fisher space pen would make that list sure yeah you know, something like that
0: yeah, but I, I agree with you that exciting and everyone should have are not the same thing, even nearly.
1: Yep. So I will work on that list. I'm making a note right now. Um, except it's exciting, not exist. It's not the top five most existing pens. It's well, the top five most too, exciting. <laughs> well, I
0: guess the top five pens that exist, that's definitely a list that you're working yeah. on.
1: <laughs> See, this is where you're pro to. You can talk, write. Uh, cut, paste, and show note all at the same time. I can barely walk and put one foot in front of the other one. I don't know. know. All, talking to you.
0: You do a lot so. more of the talking than I do. <laughs> <For a reason.
1: laughs> all right, artist, artist, not artist, artist. Charbonneau flex nibs. Brand brands descriptions. What's a soft flex versus a music nib? Uh, sorry if I ep- missed an episode that covered this. We have not covered done a whole episode on, I call these specialty nibs for the most part. And I don't have a lot of experience with things like the music nibs or there's other nibs called the Zoom nibs. So maybe we'll put together a segment just on specialty nibs. Flex nibs, I'm a huge fan of. I don't have a lot of experience with them though. I love how they feel. And I love my Pilot Falcon on how it writes because I can write very fine with the tip of it um, and then I can add that flex when I'm writing, if I need to, to broaden the line or add some character to the lines I'm writing. Um, but I don't know that I have a huge amount to say about that because I'm not that experienced with it. I mean, there's people who are, you know, seriously into the Flex nibs and can talk about the range of Flex in those nibs so that's something i'll research more and we'll do um we'll do another segment on um what's a what are the specialty nibs out there what do they have to offer you um and you know what you need to look for when when buying them um especially for things like the music nib and the zoom nibs and and the po nibs that i have so we will we will cover that some more Ann Elizabeth says, not necessarily a podcast topic, but recently tried Pilot Acroball and love it for work. Great recommendation. That's one of the most commented on pens that I get when I recommend it. They're like, most people find out the same thing, that this is a really great pen. It compares to the Jetstream. Some people probably like it better. I could argue that it's better. Um Jetstream just has a few more options than the Acroball does right now, but the Acroball is an amazing pin and I'm finally uh glad that Pilot brought them over into the US. Do you have an Acroball? I, I did I send you one a long time ago. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, you did. Yeah. you probably I don't like, use it. It's probably not a heavy rotation pin for you, but No, not,
0: not even nearly. I liked it a lot more than the the uh Jetstream. Yeah, cuz I don't like those. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, if they would um expand on that line a little bit like Jetstream has done, I think it could it could actually overtake the uh Jetstream. They're just uh they're playing catch up at this point. You know, they're a good decade behind in in that technology in the hybrid ballpoint ink technology. So, people are uh, setting their ways with the Jetstream, but if they try an Acroball, um they could make some uh, inroads into Jetstream's market share. This was I think the best question out of all the questions we got. Jesse Sadler says, excitement of expensive pens versus fun of being excited at $2 pins. Part of a draw of pens is that it can be an inexpensive hobby. I totally agree with that. That's how I started the blog. That's how I started Pen Attic with these inexpensive, you know, two and three dollar pens that honestly at the time just blew my mind. Like I didn't know. Such a thing existed as a pilot high-tech C with these super fine 0.3 millimeter needle tips and all these huge range of ink colors. I almost I get more excited at finding a great two dollar pen than I do a great two hundred dollar pen because my expectations are that that two hundred dollar pen better be freaking good. And so do I get excited about it? Yeah, I get excited about it, but in a different way that I may use it more and maybe I have more satisfaction using it, but it's more fun to find a great $2 pin for me that can you know enter into like my my pen rotation, like a Uniball Sino DX. I think it's $250. It's always been around the same price. It's it's hard to beat that pin. And um, that is I don't know that's still one of the core things I, I try to do at Pen Addict, even though I'm reviewing more fountain pens and more expensive pens. My favorite thing is still finding those great two and three dollar pens. Um, oh, my uh, my Pilot Explorer, um, enabler, uh, Jalty from. Gosh, where's he from? Denmark? I'm going to butcher butcher that. He's going to be mad at me because he talks to me all the time. He's the one who sent me the dozen Pilot, Pilot Explorer. He says, Talk about pocket pins. What will it replace the Pilot Explorer? And what the Pilot Explorer had going for it was size. It was a little bit smaller than a standard length pin, it was a little bit wider than a standard diameter pin. Had a good grip, had a great clip. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily a pure pocket pin. And I'm actually having some struggles with pocket pens right now, trying to find that right thing. Um, I've got a review of um, really more of a keychain pen coming out later this week. It was on Kickstarter. It's called The Move. But I've got the Lamy Pico, which is a good pocket pen. Um, That might be a good choice, but you're stuck with the ballpoint refill. So I'm having some challenges, and I've got some ideas so uh, hold that thought, Jalti, and I've I've got some ideas on that that are hopefully coming out on the blog soon. I hate to I hate to uh, talk around that question, but I don't think there's a clear replacement for the Pilot Explorer right now in Such the way that it's designed.
0: Such a tease!
1: I know, I know. That's why I like these. I like these questions. They give me uh, they give me some good ideas for some topics too. So you know they're uh, they're they're helping us make the show that they want to listen to, Mike.
0: And the blog they want to read.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, this is a good question. You ready? Yeah. How are things working out with the Hobonichi Teco? Horribly. Oh. But it it's it's uh, it's uh me. It's not you, Hobonichi Teco. Um, I'm not a planner person. I knew this was going to be the case when I ordered it. This is why I haven't ordered a planner in years. The Hobonichi Teco itself is an elite product um i actually hardly use it these days and when i do use it it's just because i want to write on the tomo river paper so all the days that i've missed this year you know i'll have you know like fountain pen ink tests on them so i'm using it for not its intended use um i'm not a planner guy i tried to stick to it totally the I same to, can't do it yeah oh, I, I, I don't like
0: on. to be restricted so heavily
1: yeah. I don't think I made it through February daily. Um it was close, you know, maybe through the end of February and since then it's just been blank and I actually stopped carrying it with me and then sometimes I'll break it out just to scribble in it because that paper is awesome. If if Hobonichi came out with like a gridded bound tomo river paper notebook, I would buy 10 of them. But the planner, its planner portion itself, is just not a functional thing for me. So, I won't be ordering one again, um, despite the fact it's one of the best products I've ever seen um, as far as planners go. I just cannot personally use a planner. That is not my style, not my system. Um, but it's not a knock on the Techo itself. So, there you have it. It's uh, it's been a fail for for me using it, but um, that doesn't mean it's not an awesome product. Kanuni Renishin, I think she's she's um, distraught now that she doesn't have a list to keep. So she wants to know, do we need to add anything else to the pins that shall not be named list? <laughs> 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 she needs a new list to keep, Mike.
0: Hmm, that's a good question because, I mean aside from my mention earlier in your like we don't talk about the retro and the vanishing point like we used to um, I think probably I don't know maybe the Pelican M205 because I talk about it so
1: much mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. have
0: one like that you that you talk about more now than
1: I don't think so I think it's it's pretty well spread around I don't think we have an overwhelming uh, an overwhelming uh, pin that we that's always talked about Except maybe the visionaire just out of spite.
0: We don't talk about that anymore.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't think we have one right now. I don't, no, I don't I think, think so. we're okay. We'll we'll do our best to find another one though.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what we're always trying to do, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I would love it. Whoa. Hey there. <laughs> Jim can't. He says, Oh, talk about your grinds. See, if I just ended it right there, would you have to change our rating on the podcast?
0: I don't even probably
1: actually. <laughs> so, or you can just tell me what you had redone to your Lamy, Lamy two two thousand. So yeah, my Lamy two thousand two yeah twenty thirteen Atlanta pen show. I got Mike Masuyama to grind it from an extra fine stock extra fine nib into like an extra extra fine point two millimeter what do you would consider like a Japanese extra fine nib? Just a needle. Yep. Really, really super, super fine. Um, The problem with that is that's a very, on a um, gold nib, which the Lamy 2000 has, it's a very delicate nib. So it was fine for a couple of months, and then I think it just kind of got out of whack with me using it, and it started to pick up paper and dig into the paper a little bit more. So it wasn't as smooth as it used to be. So I brought it back to the pen show this year, and I basically had Mike Masuyama kind of back that off a little bit. You know, there wasn't much I could change about it, but he almost kind of rounded it off and dulled it down, if you will, to now where it's more like a Japanese fine nib, and it writes super smooth now. Um, it's no, it's not grabbing the paper anymore. Um, so yeah, that was all I had had to do with that. Um, it just, it was almost too extreme. What I had done to it the first time to where it became so fragile, I think it just stopped working the way I wanted it to work. So luckily we were able to to just back that off a little bit and um, now it's working perfectly. I used it all night last night and uh, I love it. So yeah, it's back to a good shape now. Um, probably like a Japanese fine instead of a Japanese extra fine or even I might have had it even finer than that. I mean, it was really, really, really needly. So you got to be careful with those gold nibs and getting these extra, extra fine nibs. It can be done, but they take a lot of care and a lot of patience. And, you know, someone like myself, I don't think I have write with a lot of pressure, but when someone like Mike Masayama watches me write and he like goes, ooh, you press hard, and I think I'm just barely writing. So, um, yeah, you kind of get a, an idea that you can actually do some damage to these nibs just writing with them um, when they're that fine. So on this very same note, Lindsay Resnick, what should you do if you got a nib modification but now absolutely hate it? I tried it out at the show, and it was okay, but not anymore. You got to talk to the, the person that you had the nib work done with originally, and they will make an adjustment for you, usually at no charge, or if it's been a while, maybe at a discounted charge. But if you're not happy with it, everyone I've ever worked with on nibs will take it back and retweak it to get it to how you wanted. As a matter of fact, I-, I didn't expect anything from Mike Masayama this time on my Lamy, but he uh, only charged me $10 to change it again. He I said, "Well, why just $10?" He said it's be- he said because it's a rework of one I've already done. I said, "Okay." So, that was it. So it just cost me $10 to get it, you know. It had been a whole year, you know. He probably if it had been a month, he'd probably done it for free, you know. So, Lindsay, definitely, I don't know who, who you use, but I would get back in touch with them and send the pen off to them, say, hey, I, this is the work I had done, It's this nib grind is not really working for me, and can you adjust it into this? And I can almost guarantee you, they say, yeah, no problem, send me the pen, and I'll get it adjusted to make it to where you like it. So, that's it's hard to judge something immediately at a pen show. You do the best you can, but it's not like you're going to sit there and write a novel to test it out, Right. So you kind of gotta, kind of gotta um, spend some time with it, and if you have to get it adjusted again, maybe that's something you have to do. But,
0: but I would say, I mean, you probably would say the same if you're not already. Be a gentleman or gentleman, lady, lady, gentleman lady. Um, offer to pay the shipping.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you know,
0: Don't just be like, hey, do this for me for free.
1: Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Pay the, pay the shipping, ship it back out, pay this sh- ship it back, but you know hopefully they'll do the work for no charge. yeah it's kind of the experience that I've had, and I think that's pretty common actually, so don't think you had um some kind of outlier experience, Lindsay, I think it's a common thing it's just you know it's hard to tell immediately after you had it done. is this the right work for me and um it's okay to ask them to readjust it further. That's the business that they're in. All right, Garrett, Mr. Gaz Kubat on Twitter. It's two-parter, or it was at least in two tweets. Consider your favorite pens in regards to the dollar value. Do the more expensive ones seem drastically better than cheaper alternatives? I think a lot of people worry about the big price tag and whether it represents a much greater experience. This is like a whole episode worth of answer. But... I would say in general the do, does the big price tag represent that much greater of an experience and the answer is no. There are reasons specific reasons why people will spend a lot of money on a fountain pen but some of my favorite pens are because they provide such a great value um, as far as the cost versus the um, experience, if you will. That's why I praise pens like the Twisby 580. You can't get that pen... Any other company that makes that pen is going to charge over $100 easily, or at least around that ballpark. That's why it's such a great pen because... One, it's it's a great price, and two, it provides an immense value for the price. Spending two or three hundred dollars on a pen, I don't think gives you a greater experience necessarily. Actually, I'd say probably not at all. I get just as much enjoyment using my Twisby 580 as I do my Pelican M405, which costs like $280. I mean, the pen was five or six times more expensive and I consider those pens almost peers, if you will, in the enjoyment that I get out of using them. I would pick up the Twisby 580 as much as I would the Pelican 405, despite the one costing five or six times more. They're almost peers in the enjoyment I get out of them, so... This is a topic we we can explore more, um, but I think the 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 overall value of the pen gives me a better experience than the overall cost of the pen. If I'm making sense, do you have anything to say on that, Mike?
0: One hundred percent agree with you.
1: One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, and I, you know, it's it's hard to justify spending the high dollar. Um, there's give and take with everything right i mean you you know someone like myself I end up talking myself into things um just to try and and you know fortunately I'm able to do that and and play around with you know spending like i said 280 dollars on a pelican m405 you know i probably use the 580 more but i spent you know a huge amount more on on the pelican I'm glad I have the pelican i enjoy it i don't want to get rid of it um but it's it didn't provide that much greater experience than it did than the 60, 50 or $60 twisby 580 did. So that's, uh, that's the facts, Jack. Um, Greg Jackson, budgeting for pen addicts, what to do with the pens you've bought but no longer use? This is something I'm struggling with a little bit right now. Um, so in the past, where I'd say most of my pen usage was gel, ballpoint, rollerball, you know, plastic tip pen. When I'd have loads and loads of extra pens, I'd give all the extras away. So I've given away tons and tons of pens. So that's one thing I do. Um, I take them to the office, give them to people there, give them to friends, give them to the wife, let her take them to work, those kind of things. But when you get into fountain pens, you can't really give those away because a lot of people don't have experience with them and don't have anything to do with them. Um, you know, if, if you can sell some pens... I, I'm totally for that. I haven't done that. Um, I'm not at that point yet, but I have some friends that are saying, you know, okay, I'm limiting to myself to X amount of fountain pens. So, you know, say the number's 10, and I find something new I like, well, one of those pens has to go. And I can't buy the new pen until I've sold off the other one to make a spot for it. So that's not a dollar budgeting, but it's a Inventory budgeting, if you will, and I'm wondering if that's more what you're you're getting at. Greg is is the buying of more pens than you can necessarily use in a lifetime, which is <laughs> kind of what I have right now. Um, but there will be a point in my purchasing that I will have to assess. You know, do I need another pen? What you, you really have to consider what need is this pen filling when you're. You know, trying to budget for your your pen inventory, and if it's not necessarily filling a need, um, then you know maybe think twice about it, or you limit yourself to a, a quantity of pens, and you you never go over that quantity. And one of them has to go if you um if you want to bring a new one in. So, Brandon asks, how did you choose your vintage plex? Flex pen, prior research or just talk to vendors. Any advice on vintage flex now? I, in no way, can give advice on a vintage flex nib pen. I've, um, you know, I did a lot of reading and research online. Two brands kept coming up as the kind of go to brands Waterman and maybe Todd. So I knew kind of those were the brands I was looking for. Those were the styles I liked. um, Those were the ones that always got good reviews. And there was enough their quantity out there to where they'd be reasonably priced. So that's all I did from a shopping standpoint. That's how I chose it. But I still got, I still have to learn how to use it. Um, I barely scratched the surface with it right now. And, uh, I finally got it inked up last weekend and started, uh, writing with it some, but I need to, I need to go at it more. And, uh, try to get some more experience with it on actually how to use it. But um, I I just did a lot of reading and research online, but by no means do I have all that knowledge to be able to, uh, to talk about vintage flex pens at all. Trent Ham. All right, Mike, this one's for you. What's your favorite small sturdy notebook? For example, what would you take if you were backpacking for several days?
0: Uh, There is this little company based in Chicago. Mm hmm. Um, field Notes.
1: Ah, oh, I've heard of look
0: them. At those. Yeah, good stuff. Seriously, yeah.
1: that's the one you'd want. Maybe. Yeah, that's backpacking several days. Part of the, I guess, love for these type of notebooks, the memo books like Field Notes and Dome Paper, is that they're not the most sturdiest. They're going to get beat up. And if you're taking that notebook on a backpacking trip for several days, I don't want to come back with a pristine notebook. Right? I mean, I want it to have dirt and fingerprints on it. And, you know, it's part of the memory of the trip. You know, its I don't necessarily want like a, a hardbound pocket notebook that's not going to get destroyed. I mean, there's a balance, right? I mean, if you're doing something hardcore and, you know and where it actually, it's going to literally get destroyed, you know, in a river or something like that. Well, then that's a different consideration. But just for like, you know, small travel, um, I, I, I don't see anything better than a field notes memo book or a down paper utility journal. It's just, it's part of the deal is get those things banged up. Um, they look better used than unused. How about that? Perfect. Mm-hmm. Jim wants to know uh how about talking about how to keep your pens at home trying to find a box that will keep them nicely but not break the bank. I've actually talked about that recently and I use cigar box storage and I order them from a guy uh named Bama Pen and we've linked to him in the in the past. I pay $40 for a refurbished felt lined um Cigar box pen storage that I think holds 12 pins. might be 10. I don't have it in front of me. It's 10 or 12 pens, and I think that's a completely fair price for the work that he does. Um, I don't have storage other than that. Um, if it's not for my fountain pens, all my other pens, like my all my Kickstarter pens, retracts, Retro 51, anything I'm using regularly goes into the, uh, the blocks and the grooves by Mike Dudek. So those are the things that are all sitting on my desk for pen storage. Everything else... Goes into, I don't know, like bins in the closet. Um, but the stuff that I'm, I'm keeping out and handy that I use a lot is either going into the Scarbox pen storage or into one of Mister Dudek's fine pen holding accessories. Christopher Graves, I'm gonna need some help with this one, Mike, because this is a good question. I'm really into innovation in stationery, as the Kuratoga, the Tombo Olno, and the live scribe pen. Live live scribe pen. What are your, some of your favorite stationary innovations?
0: Maybe a bunch of the stuff that Evernote's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have, like, the Evernote notebooks, and with Moleskine, they have the Evernote post-it notes. That could be a place to start. Mm-hmm. Some interesting ways to bring the two things together.
1: Yeah, I think my answer is actually a little bit simpler and maybe more obvious, but I think it's micro-tip gel pins um, just because you didn't, you, you know, five or, well, not five years, 10 years ago, you couldn't necessarily get any pin under 0.5 millimeter gel, ballpoint, rollerball, whatever. And now the technology has come in to where manufacturers can make these really fine points. I mean, that's kind of hyper-specific to me because that's what I enjoy. But that would be one of my favorite innovations, that now I can get a pen that suits my writing needs better. And it's just in the fact that they were able to make something that much finer with the same quality that they made the much larger pens in. Um, so that's kind of my my favorite innovation. Oh, I meant to look this up for Christopher. It says, I don't carry my specs in a floppy leather pouch, so... Why my precious pins? Are there any hard cases for carrying one or two pins on the go? Yes, there are, and I'm meant to look it up. I think it's Pelican that makes a box. It's like a hard, um, it's a leather box, but it's, I mean, it's super structured, and it won't break down, and it holds two pins. I think um, I'll have to look that up. I'll have to, I'll have to ping Christopher. i meant to look that up before I got on the show today. And I think uh, Koveco makes a, either a one or two hold one or two um, carry hard leather cover too. But I think Pelican is the one that makes a box style. So I'll have to look into that for Christopher. So Pierce, who's my uh, my new friend from the Atlanta Pen Show, he bought the Franklin Kristoff um, Model 40 Pocket, and he's using it as an eyedropper. And he wants to know, is it normal to see ink in the section on top of the feed housing or talk about eyedroppers in general? It's, yes, absolutely normal to see ink in the section on the top of the feed um, mine do it 100% of the time um, and it's nothing to worry about at all. It doesn't leak out of there, it doesn't get out of there at all. It's just the the normal flow of the pen and in something like the uh, Model 40 pocket that's clear, like a demonstrator style, you're going to see all the nuts and bolts. So that's probably in all of our pens right now, we just can't see it in all of them. Um, so yeah, that's completely normal. Um, I, I Using that as an eyedropper has been kind of eye-opening to me. And I haven't really experienced any other eyedroppers yet, but I now, where I used to not consider eyedropper conversion pins at all, now I will consider them because it's actually easier than anticipated to keep them intact, keep them sturdy and safe and clean, and they work great. And it's it's really easy to fill and generally easy to clean, so just got to add a little silicone grease and you're good to go. So Terry asked a question that we've had a hundred times, but you know, Terry might be new to the show. So I wanted to to see if you had any different answer to this, Mike, but Terry wants to know as a newbie, what would you guys recommend as a starter fountain pen? And it's, it's pretty much the pilot metropolitan still, or the Lamy Safari. If you like that style, I don't have anything better than those right now. That's still the go-to fountain pens for me. Um, as a, a a very beginner um fountain pen user you want to get into something new try something different those are the two those are your two choices and i don't think there's a third um your thoughts on that you agree i i think
0: i agree
1: 100% yeah i that's actually come to be an easier answer in the past 6 months to a year since the metropolitan came out yep and i know it's not a pen i i don't necessarily love that pen there's a um The section is a little bit not great for me, but it's too good of a pen to not recommend. It's just that good. So Tony Roman. And before I get to Tony, yeah, we're almost done here. Okay, cool. I was going to say, do I need to cut this off at some point? (laughs) We got a lot of questions. Tony, Tony, I got I want to say... Thanks to Tony for all of his Twitter questions and just all of his following. He's one of my favorite people to chat with on Twitter. He's always got good stuff to talk about, and I, I really, like, uh, really like talking with Tony. So he says, my transition to the dark side is nearly complete. I use fountain pens 95% of the time. How about you guys in day-to-day use? What you got, Mike?
0: Oh, it's constant. I use fountain pens. I'm a fountain pen user.
1: So you're at least 95,
0: if uh, not 100 maybe not 100 but like mm-hmm. so close to it it mm-hmm. might as well be
1: yeah i'd say if i for me it's a little different because i'm actually having to test and review pens so i actually use other pens a lot just because i'm trying to learn about them but if i'm choosing a pen and i say okay i'm going to take some pens with me and i'm going to go right it's going to be a fountain pen um these days i'd say i'm probably but I'm, I'm, I'm probably 80-20 because I still use I still use a lot of my Kickstarter barrels. Um, I carry the Render K with me all the time because it's got my high-tech C refill in it. And I carry the Tactile Turn Mover with me all the time because it's got the 0.38 blue-black pilot juice refill. So I use those a lot. All right, couple more. Um, from Martin, I have a Lamy Vista and a Twisby Classic, both with an M-Nib, what do you recommend going forward? More pens or first other nib sizes? This is a really good question, and I have a hard time answering this. You need to research what you're trying to accomplish, what you want to accomplish with your next pen purchase. There may not be a next pen purchase. Maybe these pens meet your needs. You have to ask, why do I want another pen? This is coming from a guy (laughs) who's got an insane amount of pens and buys pens left and right without asking himself those questions. But I don't want people to look at it as, okay, I've bought this and I've bought this. What's the next pen I buy? Even though that's kind of the path I've taken. and. I've enjoyed that path and I've learned a lot and I've found pens that out through that experimentation that I never thought I would have liked. But when you ask the question like this, I have a hard time saying this is what you should try next. I mean, should I say you should try a gold nib pen because you've only tried these steel nibs. I mean, that's a, that's a decent place to look at next. Um, you know, something like a Lamy 2000, um, a Pilot Vanishing Point, that lower-end tier of gold pins. Actually, I would recommend the Pilot Custom Heritage 91 over all those if you can find it, just because it's a, it's a better value than both of those pins. But philosophically, it's hard to answer this question because everyone's different. You know, maybe these pins are good for you, and, you know, so you got, you need to look at like something with the Twisby Classics, a piston filler. That's a great option. You know, you can buy, like you said, you can buy an extra fine nib for that Twisby Classic. You can buy a stub nib for that Twisby Classic. That's why I I, I always talk about Twisby so much because they do a really good job at giving you the best bang for your buck with the most options. I, no one else can really compete with them in that price bracket at all. It's not close. But, to have it, but recommending that next pen, that's hard. The only thing I can say is maybe a gold nib pen, but I wouldn't force it. I mean, figure out, okay, what do I like about the pens that I currently have? What don't I like about these pens? And then see if there's an answer that kind of fits that. So I, I hope that's a decent answer, Martin. Um, it's a really good question, and it's kind of a hard one to answer. Um, and I'd be happy to talk about it more with you if you have any more questions about it.
0: My advice would be um, not more pens yet because what you will inevitably, inevitably do is buy more pens without necessarily understanding what your best and favorite nib size is right now. Mm-hmm. So I would maybe suggest if you haven't already, get a pen that does have um, a bunch of different nibs that you can get for it and just buy a few and try them out. Mm -hmm. So like a Twisby, if you haven't already got one, you know.
1: Yeah, he's got the the Twisby Classic, which is uh, easily swappable nibs.
0: Right. Then you should try and invest in a few different nib sizes and try those out. Find your favorite nib and then start buying new bodies that you like. Mm -hmm. That would be my advice.
1: Yeah, so you're right in the middle of that spectrum right now with a medium nib. I'd try maybe an extra fine and then maybe a 1.1 stub nib. Yep. And then you'll kind of see between those three. These are the types of things, this is the nibs, uh, these are the nib sizes that I prefer and what pens and nibs are going to give me that best option going forward. So that's good advice. Thomas wants to learn about ink properties and how to test them. There are so many different types of ink reviews out there. Thomas, I'm with you, brother. (laughs) There are ink reviews that are epic in length and thoroughness and what i would tell you is i would go to the fountain pen network go to their ink reviews board and look at some of the default templates that people use um they cover every single thing about the ink that you can imagine i'm never going to get to that point there i go saying never again mike never say never i'm likely not going to get to that point on the pen addict because i just don't have the time or Those type of tests that people are doing do not interest me in my daily use of a fountain pen ink. I need to know a lot fewer things about an ink than some people, right? I just need to know, is it going to work good on this paper? And is it going to feel good when I write with it? I'm not personally concerned with waterproofness and bulletproofness and, you know, different kinds of, of tests and pH levels of the ink. It's not a concern to me, but the biggest resource is is the fountain pen network. And I would go look at those templates and see what on that, what on those templates appeal to you and then test out those things in the inks. You don't have to test all those properties, test out what's important to you. That's why when I do my ink reviews, I keep them real simple. You know, how does it look? How does it perform? What's the dry time like? I mean, is it obscene? You know, and that might be an issue. And that's about it for me, you know, the performance, the looks, the feel. and uh, But you can get way, way more in depth, and that's where I would start. Chris is asking me about my ty- Typhoon, my Visconti Typhoon Opera Blue um, that I just bought. How am I finding it? Um, and he compares it to another Visconti called the Homo Sapiens Steel Age Oversize, which is, ooh, it's a beautiful pen. How are you finding the Opera? It's really good. Um it's still hard to put into words. That's one of those justifications do does it justify the money that you spend on it? Um yeah, right now it does. But, you know, I'm going to get a full review on this. Right now I'm very happy with it. Um I, I can't compare it to the other pen you mentioned, the Homo sapiens steel. That pen is a beautiful pen. Uh looked at it online. It's a stunner. I I don't know if I'd be able to pick between the two. I'm not I don't have that much experience with it, but uh, I'm very happy with my Typhoon purchase so far. All right, Mike. Last question. You ready? This is for you. Okay. It's from our our friend Slug Nutty. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow?
0: I don't have I don't
1: uh, no. Yeah. So the answer to that question is African or European. And we'll leave it at that. Thank you, Mr. Slugnutty.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Pen Addict (laughs) Podcast. Thank you all for sending in your questions and for all of you for listening. If you'd like to send in questions for future episodes, there's a few ways you can do that. You can go to 5 by 5tv slash Pen Addict and hit the contact button. At the top, that will send us an email. If you want to find the show notes for this week's episode, go to 5 by 5tv slash penaddict slash 103. Brad is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter, and he writes over at penaddict.com. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am at i mike I-M-Y-K-E on the Twitter. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week on Thursday of next week for another episode of the Pen Addict Podcast. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.